Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to our latest podcast. I'm still figuring out this music set. I think I hit the mute button too soon, but <laughs> I see you're on the line. Sid, are you there? Well, we have a little technical problems here. I'm trying to get Sid connected from Arizona. Um Hello, you there? You there? All sorts of technical problems, as always. It had you yeah, on live, you but for some reason you didn't hear me. So can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Okay. I couldn't hear you before. <laughs> oh, that was really that was, that was <laughs> well. Yeah. Anyway, well, okay. welcome to, we need to, get this welcome to our out. podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's working, thank Jeez. God. Um, Jeez, wow. Uh yeah, so I, I won actually on Radio Row and uh, at the Super Bowl, and this is—you've been to the Super Bowl before, right? A couple times. Yes. Yeah. It's quite an experience. It's—it's it's more than I thought it was going to be. Well, I hadn't been there for God years, and so I know it's even bigger than when I went. Especially, I went pre-internet days before there were as many radio things and podcasts and stuff. So I imagine it's just—it's huge, even huger than it yeah. was. I mean, I can't tell what is Woody Page. I cannot tell you how you can't even see the other side of the radio row. It's it, this is yeah. open space, and I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of radio stations all here broadcasting pretty much the same thing. <laughs> well, Sid's down there because we, for the first time in Outsports history, got a credential, and I think we explained before that had Peyton Manning been there, I would be on Radio Row, but. Once they went bopped out by the Colts, uh, Sid's the man there, so he's having fun. Plus, as a bonus, his favorite team, the Patriots, are playing. Now, he will not be cheering for the Patriots on Sunday because he'll be in the press box, and there is a long-standing no cheering in the press box rule. So he could, you can cheer silently, quietly, but uh, nothing uh, vocal. Yeah, oh, no, I will be cheering very quietly. But, uh, well, even still, you know, it's this is so much more and be just be here to cheer on the team and, you know, talking to people about the issues that we write about, trying to talk to them anyway. Uh, it's, 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 so many people are, like, following the same storyline, Marshawn Lynch and, and the defense of the, of the Seahawks, and, and I know you're asking questions that are just – you can see the guys like, uh, oh, okay, uh, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about because what's interesting to me is this is a year after Michael Sam came out, and before the season started, I would have thought this Super Bowl, because I I figured one of us would be going this year, just the NFL was probably certainly going to give us a credential, that this would be the hot topic of conversation. Gay players in the NFL, Michael Sam's first year, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Michael never wound up playing in a game and was cut, and I believe it was early, uh, mid-October, so it seems like that whole gay issue was kind of dropped off the radar. I ran into Bill Plaschke at the L.A. Times the other day and asked him if he's going to ask about 
Michael Salmon whole gay thing, and he kind of looked like, oh, well, that's old news. So what you've you've been down there? What have people been saying to you when you brought it up? Have people talked about it? What's tell us anything that uh, would be interesting to know? Well, so storyline in the past when I've come to these things, you know, when we've come to these things, we've asked about, you know, how what would you think of a gay teammate? Would your team be able to accept a gay player and all that stuff? And I've asked a couple of those questions, but. I've really been focused on trying to get uh, get some real answers about why Michael Sam is not in the NFL. Not only why didn't he get on an active roster last season, but why has he not gotten a futures contract yet? Which, that's the piece that people kind of raise their eyebrows, like, wow, yeah, you're right, that's a little odd. Because well, could you explain, first explain, a future, can you explain a futures contract to people? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so after the season's over teams can go and sign players to a futures contract. It doesn't cost them any money. It just means, you know, if you sign on this dotted line, we own your contract. You're going to be with us um, in the preseason and training camp. You know, we want you. We want the rights to you. Just, and many, many players have been snatched up by teams, you know, players that were on practice squads or players that weren't on uh, teams in the regular season. They've been snatched up. The fact that Michael hasn't even been snatched up by one of those yet really raises people's eyebrows when I bring that up. Like Steve Weiss, I was talking to him, and he was like, wow, that's that's crazy. So so that that piece of it, because when I talk to people, they say, oh, well, you know, Tim Tebow, you know, college success doesn't necessarily mean success in the NFL. But when I talk about the lack of opportunity that Michael has had, that's when they start to understand the issues that we have with with how the NFL teams have treated him. Well, because to be clear to people listening right now, uh, and there's still some time for this to happen, but Michael doesn't even have an invitation to even try out next year for a team. It's not a matter of, oh, he's going to be on a team. It's the It's been given the opportunity to say, hey, I'm going to see if I can make this team. He's not even getting that opportunity as as we speak. Yeah, and, and that's – so, you know, there's one thing that talks about success, but what I'm really talking about with people is opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know. Like he could be Tim Tebow. He could have great college sessions and just walk in the NFL and fail. But the fact of the matter is, he hasn't been given the opportunity to fail. And I was talking to one executive with a with a, an NFL team who just he just tried to have an answer for everything. Well, you know, it's this or if you he just kept saying if he was good enough to be on the team, he was good enough to be on the team, he was good enough to be on the team. And it was it was weird. It was like this canned answer that they had thought through a hundred times. It was it was it was odd. But that's obviously the answer that they want to put out there. I don't think the NFL. I don't think teams really want to talk about this right now. But I'll, but some of the guys do, and 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 a lot of the media does. Now, when and again, we don't want we we'll writing about this. will be more in depth. But have you spoken to any players, active players, about it? Yeah, I mean, I've talked to some of the. So, so this morning the Patriots and the Seahawks both had their media opportunities, and every player and every coach is there. And I went to talk to to I want to talk to the defensive line coaches of both of the teams because I figured they would have the best insight, and they had some insight for me. Um, but you know, when I'm talking to the players, they just I, again I talk to guys on the defensive line. They also talk to uh, Jonas Gray and Brandon Bolden of the Patriots. They just don't want to talk about it. Like it's clear they just clam up. I could ask them. About, I ask them about movies. I ask them what they do in their free time. When I ask them about Michael Sam, like they freeze. 
So it's tough to really – I've kind of stopped asking current players because I know I'm not going to get an answer. I'm just going to get like, either fear or nonsense. What do you think the reluctance is, the fear of saying something wrong or just the idea that this still is, unfortunately, a issue of discomfort to people in the league? I think it's both. I think it's a hot topic that they don't want to say the wrong thing. They know they'll get destroyed if they don't if they say the wrong thing. And and, and you know they, a lot of these guys are trained to say the right thing. So you know they it's a non-answer. They don't want to get involved in political discussions. They want to talk about football. They'll tell you about their favorite movie, and and that's about it. So I think it's the way they've been trained. They've been trained to, to shut up. So even in general, no. talking about, have you tried to even talk about people about gay issues in general? Do you have gay relatives? I mean, or has it simply been about the football side of it? Uh, you know, I don't think I've asked anybody if they have gay relatives. I suppose I could. Somebody opened up to me and, and told me that they have a gay relative, that they have a gay daughter. But, um, but yeah, it just hasn't, I don't know, it just hasn't, it hasn't been my my line of questioning. I suppose I could. I mean, I'm here for a couple more days, and tomorrow I'm going to spend all day trying to grab people on Radio Row. So, you know, there are a lot of big players and coaches and what have you that come through here. Troy Aikman was down here about an hour ago, and unfortunately I was with the Seahawks, otherwise I would have loved to try to grab him. But you know who I did well, run that into? Been... Hmm? I ran into Josina Anderson. Oh, okay. Josina was the ESPN reporter who filed that report back in August about Michael Sam's showering habits. And, and she said, so I was with Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. And Justina walks over and she says, Justina, this is Sid Ziggler from Outsports. She says, oh, I know you. You're the one who came after me. And I said, yeah, I'd love to just talk to you about it. I mean, she's like, okay, yeah, we can talk about it. You track me down later in the week. So she was she knew exactly who I was, which was kind of funny. Oh, of yeah, because we were – actually, we – yeah, because I I know she was this whole thing really took her by surprise. Um, you know, I felt at some level she was kind of. I mean, it's it's the perils of of live TV, and that was part of the problem is they put her on live for what should have been a taped segment. There was no break, but ESPN has to make it sound like everything live is going to be breaking news. And so she said something that was stupid about Michael Sam's shower habits, and so yeah, I mean those are the kind of things that I think that are that shows you how funny we've been dealing with thinking oh my god it's this it's accepted and people are comfortable and it's still a lot of discomfort unfortunately at this top level over this issue which should be some should be in you think someone would say to you who cares non-issue i'd have no problem you right. know, whatever instead they kind of clam up and they feel they're afraid to say something and it's actually really discouraging discouraging has been the overall theme of i mean i've only been here for what, not even 24 hours. I've, I've only talked to a handful of people, a number of, you know, I've talked to a number of top people in NFL media. Um, like I said, a couple, a couple coaches and a few players, but discouraging is, is the operative word that, n- that not only I've used, but other people have used, uh, particularly in the media. They can't explain it. So if it is, it's, it's sad. And somebody asked me, uh, you know, do you think, that we'll have another Michael Sam in the draft this year. I said, under no circumstances is anybody coming out anytime soon. This set us way back. 
And he was like, I, you know, I, I, I really hadn't thought about it, but you're probably right. And, you know, you and I have talked about this. I, was, I think you even wrote a column, or Anthony, somebody wrote a column about how. You know, I, yeah, I wrote about how this has got the chilling effect. And I, I, yeah. mean, I think if anybody were to come out, it would be, at most, would be an active player who somehow has job security. But even that, I think, is probably really remote. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's discouraging is such a good word oh. because I think the problem with this whole thing is you're never going to find the smoking gun, correct? You're never going to find, oh, we didn't, we did not like the guy because he's gay. They could always point to performance and you're never really going to know. And that's what makes it even adds to the discouragement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, but you know, on the flip side of, you know, the NFL is, I think front office anyway is, has certainly been good about this. They've opened their, their doors to us. I mean, here I am, a gay reporter who's super gay. They know I'm here to ask gay questions. They know I represent a gay publication. I'm standing here in Radio Row watching Archie Manning say hello to Gil Brandt. I mean, it's so, I mean, at least the front office is doing a lot of the right things. It's just, you know, when it comes to push comes to shove, having a gay player on the team, they're just not doing it. Though somebody did say to me, if he was J.J. Watt, this wouldn't be an issue. And I agree with that. If he, if he was, a, you know, the, 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 the resume and skill set of Jadavian Clowney, he would have been drafted in the first round. But if it wasn't first, it would have been second or third. But that's kind of a, me, in some ways discouraging, too. Is that the standard? You have to be freaking J.J. Watt to come right. out of the closet? What if you're Jerome Mincy, who's been sort of a journeyman defensive lineman with Jacksonville, with Denver, with Dallas, who's been good but not great? With Jerome Mincy, and he kind of struggled because he was on a practice squad, and he's one who encouraged Michael saying, hey, I did it. I went from practice squad to think, would a Jer- gay Jerome Mincy get a chance? And that's the question. J.J. Watt, certainly, but someone who's in those margins, you kind of wonder now. Well, a year ago, we said that the beauty of Michael Sam coming out, when he did and who he was, it would answer every question we had about the NFL and gay issues. And it did. And And – the the big question left is how it's not, it's not are the front offices homophobic? Do they consider somebody's sexual orientation? But how much do they? We now know that. And I think that's the next that's the question I'm trying to get answered. You know, in the next few days, talking to people. So when you talk to the Seahawks and the Patriots today, and you said they were uncomfortable, did they say anything, or did they simply kind of mumble a sentence or two and then shut up? No, it was um, Jamie Collins. Just I've I've heard that he's kind of just a, a different kind of guy, and he said, "Listen, I just don't talk about that stuff. I don't talk about anything. You know, just you know, if you want to talk about football this time, I just don't talk about anything." And then, and then I said, uh, "Well, what do you do in your free time?" Oh, I love movies. I love movies, but he wouldn't tell me what <laughs> movies he liked. He was he was just kind of an odd guy. Um, and, but then when you talk to Brandon Bolden and, and Jonas Gray from the from the running backs and the Patriots, you know, they were like, listen, I, I just don't care. I don't think guys in the locker room care. We want to win the Super Bowl. It, you know, it's that standard, we just want to win thing. So that's, that's, that's the best I've gotten from players. They just, not a, there's not a lot of interest. And, of course, so the guys that I've talked to, I, well, I haven't gotten to talk to Vince Wilfork or the, like the big superstars, like mm-hmm. the leaders of the team, because they're surrounded by media. I'm, I've been going to the guys uh, at the tables where there's just no media or very little. So, it's you know, I'm talking to some of the backups or some of the, you know, starters who are kind of, you know, off the 
off the media radar. Defensive linemen, for crying out loud. There's not a lot of not a lot of interest for the media talking to defensive linemen. Well, ask the kickers. They're all gay, so one of them will come out. Well, yeah, oh, but Chris, clearly, clearly used to joke that, right? Was that the punters and the kickers were all gay anyway? I'll tell you something, though. <laughs> I now know the most attractive unit in the NFL, and that is the Patriots receivers. Amendola, Edelman, Gronkowski, Brandon LaFell, Bill that is they are. They are smoking hot, every single one of them. It's ridiculous. Well, I forgot Amendola and my gay guy to the Super Bowl on the hotties, and some reader helpfully pointed a, to a shirtless picture of him. So yeah, he'd be definitely one to add. Now, I wish a Jamie Collins had to uh, ask about movies. Oh, I really love that Beyond the Candelabra movie, and Milk really moved me, and <laughs> the birdcage was wonderful. <laughs> I asked him about Batman. He, he he lit up about Batman, so that was that was the, that was the most I got out of him. But he's—I just didn't feel like he—he he just didn't seem like a bad dude. He just didn't—he just didn't want to talk about it. And I think that's most of the people just don't want to talk about it here, particularly the guys ready to play a game in a couple of days. They remember Chris Culliver two years ago saying the wrong thing, and it yeah. was immediate. It was a disaster. So um, the players really—the players playing this weekend are not going to tell you a damn thing. Well, it'll be interesting to see when you talk to players who are still active but not in the game, if you're able to get a different response because they're going to feel they're not going to have that pressure of having to play in a couple of days. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I really haven't, I haven't had the opportunity really. Um, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. It's just, they're, they're all over the place here. I just haven't had the opportunity to, uh, to grab them, and it's not so easy to grab them on Radio Row because they're kind of being a lot of them are handlers, and yeah, that's you know, and God, hey, I'm, I, what I what I have been saying is, you know, I write about social issues, and the first question I ask them is about distraction, and how do they how do they manage distraction? And what's so interesting is a lot of them, including the coaches, talk about the benefits of distraction, the need for distraction, this idea that people have to. You know, study football 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The guys, what I asked them about, it, they kind of they they laugh. They're like, nobody does that. So that's kind of I, I've been ta- asking people about that because that obviously the distraction thing has been a kind of a storyline with, with Michael Sam. Well, yeah, I'd be curious to see what you find the next couple of days. As I said, I was surprised there's been no media asking the questions during the first two media days, which I thought might be a natural question for people but it's kind of like Michael Sam is so yesterday's news that he's off everybody's radar screen even the media who are asking questions yeah well well I'm, I'm here asking them but I'm I no, no, but yeah, I'm, saying, but I'm, the, I'm talking about the non you know sort of people who work the mainstream the first two days when you weren't there for the media days right they weren't asking those because I was searching the transcripts I was trying to find angles to write about yeah. it's kind of like huh, nobody's Nobody's even brought it up once, and except for Michael Bennett telling some reporter that he looks like he loves balls, which right. wasn't, you know, <laughs> is is what it is. So here's so. the thing: I, I think this is what, from what talking to people in the media, and this is what people have asked: why the media has paid attention to Michael Sam? Because Michael Sam is not part of the NFL news right now. What they're yeah. focused on in the NFL media is the scores in the next game and how people just performed. I mean. You know, on Monday they're talking about the previous night's game. By Tuesday they're talking about next week's game and the matchup. And and a lot of them have said February this Michael Sam will be a story. That's something that they will focus on and talk about because 
now it's off season. Now is the time to talk about it. And so it's also the one year anniversary. Yeah, one February ninth, the one year anniversary. I'm actually coming out publicly, so it was a perfect peg. Yeah. And one of the funny things is a lot of people. Go ahead. Just one one quick observation. As I was driving, I listened to NFL Network, uh, NFL Radio, and. And all the players and coaches, they're all coming on, picking Seahawks, Seahawks, Seahawks. A couple people picked the, the Patriots. Um, but they kept saying how the entire city is overrun by Seahawks fans. It's going to be a home crowd advantage for the Seahawks. First of all, I just haven't seen many Seahawks or Patriots jerseys walking around. Uh, it's mostly fans from other teams who are here. And uh, But the other pieces, you can't really tell what's going to be inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. How many people actually have tickets? Like I was behind two Seahawks fans at Starbucks an hour ago. They don't have tickets. They literally turned around and said, "Oh, you have a media pass. You have extra tickets." Like no. <laughs> and the, and the, the guy showed me on. If you go to the NFL Ticket Exchange, the, the 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 cheapest ticket you can buy in the far bleaches right now on the NFL Ticket Exchange, ninety five hundred dollars. Yeah. Good. You know, if you don't get in for free with a media credential, it's really not worth buying a ticket. I just, you know, at the end of the day, you're just watch, you're watching it on TV, and if the game stinks like last year's, you can just, <laughs> you can just go enjoy your food. But Yeah, um, exactly. What was interesting is we've had this month two stories that for us have kind of gone viral. One is one you wrote on Troy Aikman saying, you know, how, basically denying he was well, – the whole gay issue came up, and – he made an awful crack. You think about he didn't choose to be, you know, not his choice, lifestyle choice. And the one I did this week that was just for fun that really took off it was the gayest logos in NFL history. And it was pegged on the Patriots' old logo where the guy was bending over, hiking the ball. And I just did this sort of goofy thing about, you know, picking the three with the Tampa Bay Bucks old logo. <laughs> it just had spawned a ton of traffic for us, but also all these comments because it was on Yahoo and a lot of people thought I was straight writing it and I was being accused of being a homophobe and all this stuff. And so the (laughs) comments on that story are priceless because everyone's sort of attacking me for, you know, you'll get yours and just me, it's okay to say gay. And then the people who maybe in their own way are somewhat homophobic are defending my right to say it. Don't let the PC police. (laughs) So you had given me one. about the gay logos that some other people posted about the Miami Dolphins. I'm still trying to figure out what's so gay about that Dolphin logo. I don't think the Dolphins are gay. I don't know. I, <laughs> dolphins are kind of the gay animal. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Well, there's Kenny Stills. It's just crazy. the one I missed. What The Vikings. Oh, the Vikings yeah. one I missed. Uh, Steely McBeam from the old Steelers, which I had totally forgotten about. And the one who's probably the gayest of all is Sparty, he, but he's Michigan State. He's with the uh, Michigan State. He's real, you know, muscles and huge eyes. So, so no, the old University of, of Hawaii, that, that's yeah. the craziest. I mean, that's like some, some gay-looking leprechaun with a rainbow coming out of his ass. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, really gay. Yeah, so I, 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 this was an NFL thing, but, uh, yeah, you'd have Michigan State, you'd have uh, – Hawaii, but it's funny that how these some of these stories just have this way of taking off, and they hit a button even when they're supposed to be goofs. Yeah, well, I, you know, for us, we like to have fun with this stuff. It doesn't have to be serious all the time, and these are just kind of 
fun plays on being gay and stereotypical gay that we just don't, I just don't think is, is particularly offensive for, I, you know, in part, I think, because we're the ones writing it. But these well, that's, people, that's the point. I, Bingo, right? You, marginalized groups are always allowed to mock their own stereotypes. Chris Rock could get away with saying stuff that you and I could never say in a million years about black people. So we could we could say this stuff. We can make fun of it because when we say that's gay, it doesn't mean it's an offensive, you know. And that's why I think a lot of people initially miss because the story was on Yahoo, which you know isn't a gay site. And so people were just up in arms. I was getting this hate mail, and it was just one guy said you are going to be destroyed on social media, and I wrote him back and said, please explain how. And I never heard back from him. So. Well, and when I wrote, it was over the summer, I think, the, where I ranked all the teams on how gay they are in the NFL, mm-hmm. and people, again, you know, this, this, you know, demanding a retraction, demanding the story be removed, and just, we just have this fun with it, because we, we have, not all gay people have lost their sense of humor. Well, plus, this is the stuff we all talk about with our friends and people we watch football with, right? All the yeah. time. This is the stuff. The same thing, I think, for other groups. The same way Latinos say they talk about because we play flag football with a lot of guys Latino, and the stuff they say about Latinos, like you would think, oh my God, you talk about politically incorrect, but to them it's funny because it plays off this stereotype that everyone else has of them, and they're able to laugh at it. And so, yeah, this. But it's interesting to me with the internet how, I mean, I, I wrote that story just for the hell of it. I feel like doing this. And it was played off the Patriots thing and how stuff takes off and then how it winds up having a certain reference to people like this gets them incensed. <laughs> and I'm not writing yeah, about, know. you know, politics. And so it, it really goes to show that uh, the NFL, especially with the Troy Aikman stuff and this is just is just a king in terms of getting people to talk. Well, our traffic counter isn't mad at it, though. Well, we're yeah, so. incensed straight reader. Right, well, let's get on quickly in the last couple of minutes to the game itself. Um, I want to get uh, either a pick or a feeling or whatever. Um, as I wrote, this is my least favorite Super Bowl going in because I can't stand either team. People say, who do you want to win? And I said, well, I don't want the Seahawks to win, but I want the Patriots to lose. So I'm not sure if that makes any sense. But as a game <laughs> itself, um, I think it has the potential to be an excellent game simply because they – they're the two best teams in football this year. It's not a question. Um, and um, I have no vibe. I took the Patriots and Outsports 23-20, but I just don't have a real feel. What is your sense or what sense you got from talking to people? Or Like I said, I think most people here are picking the Seahawks to win. They just keep talking about that defense. But I think maybe people realize the Patriots' defense got pretty good this season. Uh-huh. And they're, they're, I'm just interested in watching how the Seahawks receivers are going to get open because, you know, the Patriots play a lot of man-to-man and the, the Patriots, Patriots DBs are just better than the Seahawks wide receivers. So that's a, that's a, a big part of the game that I'm curious about. Um, obviously the running game, Marshall, Marshawn Lynch is going to run the ball a heck of a lot. Probably, you know, he'll probably be half the offense for the team. So it's going to, fall on his shoulders too and then how the how the defense plays. I mean how how it's there's so many pieces to this. You can look at it so many different ways. I don't have a pick. 
I mean, I'm going to have to make one because you and I have a bet. Um, I'll try yeah. to make it by tomorrow. But I just can't pick. I don't know. I mean, part it, part of me says that the Patriots are going to confuse Russell Wilson uh, with their defense, um, that Tom Brady is going to play a smart game, and the Patriots will run the ball and, and move the ball down the field, and, and the Patriots are going to win by 14 points. And then, I, you know, today the Patriots were so, I don't know, tight, and the Seahawks were so loose. And it was just it was just a different vibe on two teams. So that maybe the oh, oh shit, here's Troy Aikman. Should I try? Should I try to talk to Troy Aikman? Well, want to, we're almost done with this podcast, so when we're done. You can run over and see if he'll talk to you. That would be a story. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of like with you. You you can convince me the Patriots will win big, the Seahawks will win big. It'll be close. So um, I kind of lean to the idea. That I don't see Seattle moving the ball on offense. But in every Super Bowl, like a lot of you could have totally fluke plays that determine it. Yeah, uh, you just don't know. I mean, it's so I th- you know, nobody could have possibly guessed it'd be Seahawks minus forty last last year. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, I mean, I'm not. So. I'm I, I'm not. I'm just not going to make a, a public prediction because I just think predictions in games like this are stupid. Nobody knows what's going to unfold in that in that game. I'll tell you this: if the Patriots lose though, and Tom Brady plays badly. I'm just going to be so curious to see what they do with him. I just, I, I, my guess is he's going to get another season with that team, but if he plays again badly in another playoff loss, I, I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's tough because he keeps playing badly in, the, in these losses. So for the Patriots, so that's what I'm going to be most interested in watching. If, well, if the Patriots that'll that'll be uh, that's for another time. We're running out of time. Sit, enjoy the rest of the Super Bowl, and we will talk to everyone next week.